Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. We are in this series on the Holy Spirit. Um, has, is, how has it been? Has anybody enjoyed? Has it been? You, you can lie to me. It's, there's, there's definitely something going on with this. We've said and talked about over the last few weeks, who is he? Is he a person? Is he Pentecostal? Now that kind of throws some people, you know, but what the, the, the main drive that we're getting at here is this, um, that, that you need to see the Holy Spirit as a person. Because if you don't see him as a person, you won't have a personal relationship with him. So we're saying, look, change a little bit how you see him. And then we talked about Pentecost last week, and simply penta means five, cost means the power of tenth, so it means fifty on the day of Pentecost, or when the fiftieth day arrived. You know, that's that's what it means. And I, I want to, you know, we've said that that the Holy Spirit is the counselor. I changed. Did anybody notice? I changed my grammar there. I got. I spelled it right this week. That's good. Only oh, took me how many weeks? Three weeks. All right. Intercessor, advocate, helper, and comforter. This week, I want to ask the question, is he charismatic? Is the Holy Spirit charismatic? And I, I want to, one of the reasons I'm doing this is I want to take down those walls. You know the ones that are built up because you've seen crazy charismatics? You know the ones that have been built up because you've seen the crazy Pentecostals with the snakes? Has anybody watched it on, on Discovery Channel and that stuff? It's, there's some crazy stuff. So there's these thoughts in our heads about charismatic Pentecostal and the Holy Spirit that I want to kind of just unwind. I want you to see what the, the Word really says about the Holy Spirit. And I want to kind of demystify and I want to kind of take away that, that fear or that anxiety that may have come with these words that you've heard and let you know that um, people can take titles and words and they can make them crazy. But the Word of God is steady, it is sound, it is, it is, it is perfect, and, and when we read it in the context of what God has written, it kind of changes things. It kind of changes. Charismatic. The word is charisma. The Greek word is charisma. It literally means charisma is an instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any, of any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. Now notice you say, for the edification of who? That's weak. For the edification of others. None of these gifts that we're talking about are for you. It's not about you. It's for the edification of others, for the church, for the building up of the church. And this word, charisma, literally as you break it down, charis, which means grace, and the mom means gift. It's grace gift. The cultural context is not a good one when we say charismatic or charisma. Now, it, it, the word charisma, we would say of someone, they are a charismatic personality or they have great charisma. We don't have a problem with that. But when you take charismatic and charisma and you tag it on the end of church, then we get into a little bit of the problem. Why are we afraid of this word? 
It means grace gifting. The reality is this. If you know Jesus and you're walking in a relationship with Jesus and you're a Christian, you're a charismatic. Don't freak out. You're a charismatic because there's a grace gifting that is in you that came through the Holy Spirit. You may not be exercising it. You may not be walking in it. He may have taken that comforter and put it on the shelf like we talked about earlier in the series. But, but if you're in a relationship and the Holy Spirit lives in you, there's this grace, grace gifting that is also in you. That didn't go over so well. That slide at 4.30 this morning. <laughs> First... <laughs> Let's look at this, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, I want to clarify that word ignorant. It means lack of knowledge. It does not mean stupid, okay? I used to think that meant stupid. It means lack of knowledge. Concerning the spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to lack the knowledge it literally, it means, that as you break it down, and I, I, I read and I, I, I listen to guys because I am not a Greek scholar, but I know that's hard for you guys to believe, isn't it, really, that I'm not a Greek scholar. But um, when you get into the etymology of the words, when you get into the, the breaking down the words, it's powerful what you see. Now concerning spiritual gifts, this spiritual gift things is pneumaticos. That's the, the Greek word. And pneumaticos means this. Empowered by breath or wind, a mighty rushing wind. Look at you're, you're shaking your head, Jeannie, like you, you, you know Greek. You do. You're a teacher and you know words and stuff. I love it. You're the only one shaking your head in this, this room, though. I love it. But it, it's this pneumatic, you know, it's this, this wind that is coming. So when you look at the, what was said now concerning spiritual gifts, it could say this now concerning gifts that are empowered by the breath of God. I don't want you to be ignorant about it. Concerning the gifts that are talked about in this Bible that God wants you to walk in and, and that are breathed through the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. See, for, for many of us, it's easy to go, let's just go put that in this little box over here, this, this part of the Bible that talks about gifts. It's a little safer to put it in this box here. It's safer because we don't have crazy people associated with it. Let me repent because they're not all crazy. I'm generalizing. But you know what I'm talking about, don't you? So, so let's, let's just put this part of the word in this little box over here. We don't have to deal with it. And we can do the part of love. We can do the part of the, 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 the Beatitudes or whatever it might be. And God goes, wait, wait a second, the totality of the word is the power of God's word. And the Holy Spirit that speaks and, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit in you so that others, others' lives might, just might be changed. You want to know why others' lives are not getting changed in your sphere of influence? Generalizing here, because many of you are. Maybe, just maybe, it's because we don't allow the power of the Holy Spirit to. Yes, Lord. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, you've, you've put this little box to the side of these gifts and, and you just, you don't see it. See, there's gift categories. The motivational gifts are in Romans 12. The manifestational gifts are in, in 1 Corinthians 12. Ministry gifts in 1 Corinthians 14. 
ministerial gifts in Ephesians 4. And we're, I want to I get into a couple of these today and not, I don't have time. This is not an exhaustive study, obviously. There, there's so much more here. I've got material if you want it, books you can read, if you want to have coffee and talk about it, whatever. But in this, this small bit of time, I only got a little bit here. Let's look at the charisma gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. It says this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each. Now, let's stop at that word. Are you an each? Yes? Everybody agree with that? You are an each. It doesn't differentiate. It doesn't say the, the paid ones, the pastors. It doesn't say the, 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 the group leaders. It doesn't say any. It says this. The Spirit is given to each one for the profit of who? Of all. For the one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to... Are you in each? Each one individually as he wills as the Holy Spirit wills. There's a lot there. There's nine of these gifts that we identified. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernings of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. I, I don't understand how people, and I did it for a while. I've done it. I don't understand how people rip sections of the Bible out and throw it out the window and say, this isn't for today. I just... See, if, 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 if Paul was talking and says, I, I, want, I don't want you to be ignorant about it until I leave and it's 2,000 years later and then you could be ignorant about it, wouldn't he have qualified that? And, 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 and to another point, Paul wasn't speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking through him. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant about it. So you don't have, here's the other None of us, none of you have these gifts. The Holy Spirit has them all. The Holy Spirit is the one. And he distributes to each one individually as he sees fit. You can minister in these gifts at any time the Holy Spirit allows you to. It's not you. Have you ever heard those people, I've got the gift of prophecy, and you just want to go sit down. <laughs> Wrong attitude. I've got the gift of tongues. Shut up. Just, you know what? The humility of it is this. It's for everyone. It's so that others will be encouraged. So when you stand up, when we stand up, I'm not saying you, when, when Christians stand up and declare, oh, here comes the prophet, I go, ah, that just doesn't sound right. See, because someone who knows God's word and God gives them a prophetic word, they don't say, thus saith the prophet. They speak the word. They speak the word. Or maybe you guys do. Does anybody do that? Thus saith Prophet Rick. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. <laughs> so you can minister in these gifts anytime the Holy Spirit allows you. Because we see this through the Spirit, through the same Spirit, by the Spirit, by the Spirit. But one and the same Spirit works all three things. It's over the Holy Spirit in you. Now, you got to remember what many of us have done. We've taken the Holy Spirit that lives in us and we put him in the little box. We put him to the side. Therefore, there's no ability for the power of the Holy Spirit to go through your life to activate what he might be doing. Therefore, 
there are people out there who don't engage in what God has for them because it's easier to put the Holy Spirit in the box. So let's break this down. I just, I've got it broken down into three categories of these gifts. And I just, again, it's not a comprehensive study. There's no way I can attack all this in one week. Um, but the discerning gifts, the declarative gifts, prophecy tongues, interpretation tongues, the dynamic gifts, faith gifts of healing, working of miracles. Here's what I want to ask, that you open up and, and don't take what I said is the gospel. Take God's word. I didn't make this stuff up. I'm just reading. I'm just, I'm just taking what he has said and going, okay, now, but I, I challenge you. It says this in Acts of the Breans are more wise than others because they search the scriptures for truth. That you would see that what I'm saying is, is true. The discerning gifts of Jesus. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and discernings of spirit. Let's talk about words of knowledge first. Word of knowledge is this. To know something specific without having learned it by natural means. To know something without having learned it by natural means. We see Jesus with the, with the woman at the well. And, and she's sitting there and, and, and it's, you know, she's kind of a mess. And, and she says, go call your husband. And, and she says, I have no husband. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've got a ton of husbands. You got a bunch of them. He gives this word of knowledge to her. The fact is, if you have five husbands, and she said, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second, that's true. How, how do you know that? How, how do you know that? Now, now, what you're thinking is, but it was Jesus. The problem with that is Jesus laid down his divinity when he came to earth, and the Bible very clearly says in Luke 4 that the Holy Spirit came on him and empowered him to do his ministry. So you can't use that excuse, but he was Jesus. He laid it down. So that the Holy Spirit in him would work. So you can't use that excuse. Well, you know, that was Jesus in that time, and, and that was just, you know, the, the apostles in that time. No, no, no. It doesn't hold water. Words of wisdom. A divine answer, solution for a particular event. We see this in John 9, where, where the, the blind man is like, look, they're, they're, they're hammering on him. What, what, who is this guy? What happened here? He says, this man, if, if, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. It's, just, it's a wise answer. My wife has a words of wisdom. You all, on some level, when you're in your word and you're walking, can have words of wisdom that you drop on people. I hope as a minister and a pastor, as I meet with people, there are words of wisdom that go forth from my life. Not because I am wise, but because the word of God is wise. I am wise because I read his word, not in and of myself. In and of myself, I'm a complete idiot. Stop shaking your head, Eddie. Um, it's, it is... <laughs> It is, the, it is this renewing of my mind by the washing of the word that would give me any sort of word of wisdom for anybody's life. It's a wise answer that God gives. See, we hyper-spiritualize this thing. Oh, you got a word of wisdom. And, 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 and you know, we, we like to think more of ourselves and we say, that, I've got a word for you. You ever heard anybody say that to you? I just want to go, Okay. Go write it down and let me. <laughs> it, you don't have to declare, I've got a word. You just go, you know, I just, I feel like God's telling me something. Do with it as you will. All of us can walk in these words of wisdom. Look, the words of wisdom are encouragement 
for, for, for the downtrodden, their encouragement for those who are in difficult situations. Why would God say, no, that's not for today? Doesn't make sense. Discerning of spirits. To make, be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. We know this one, and, and Paul was in Acts 16. He's walking with the disciples, and, and there's this the girl that was coming around, and she kept declaring and saying in, in Acts 16 that, uh, that these guys you know, are, are, are the real deal. It's basically what she's saying. But Paul rebukes her and says, and ca- literally casts the spirit out of this girl because she was a witch. He's like, I don't want a witch endorsing my ministry. That's what he was saying. Discern- now, let me, let me be real clear. Discernment is not a gift in the Bible. We're to be discerning, but it's not a Have you heard people say, I've got the gift of discernment? I, I don't, it's nowhere in this word. The gift of discernment. When we press into God's word, when we read God's word, when we renew our mind with God's word, there's a discernment that you should walk in, but there's not the gift of discernment. Discerning of spirits is being able to see what the demonic is from the angelic, what is good from its evil. My wife is very good at discerning spirits. Uh, a number of, of buddies that I've had that, that I think are great guys, my wife has said, nope, not good, to which I ignore, not as much anymore. I'm hanging out with Eddie, we're all right. But I'm telling you to a T, and a, a few of these guys, she's like, I this, and, and to a T, and these guys, it's been ah, exactly what she said. You ever walked into a room and you discern a spiritual presence? Ever, I, I, where you go, oh boy, this is not the place I need to be. There's something ungodly in this place. Discerning of his spirits. Not talking about your husband, discerning. It is, it is, look, again, I can't say enough. Why would God go, ah, I don't really want you to have discerning of spirits today? That was for them when they started the church. Not today. Isn't that the argument? The declarative gifts. Here we go. Now we're revving up. Where are you guys really going to have fun? Gosh, this is where we lose half of you. Um, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Uh, again, I, I want you to unpack the, the, what you've seen, what you've uh, ex- experienced on many levels, and I want you to step back and look at the Word and go, okay, what, what's going, going on here? Let's look at prophecy. It's a message of encouragement from God through a person. Now, about, I don't know, about a month ago, we had a night, a prophetic night at my office. I brought in a team. If you were there, um, it, was, it was powerful. Powerful. And to a T, the people that were sitting there, and I mean, Josh and Curran and, uh, yeah, you weren't, there. you weren't there. But the group that was there, to a T, this team that we brought in that we trust, that we love and we know are godly men and women, prophesied over our church. And of the, how many people were there? 20, 30 people, I mean, not one person said to me, ah, that's, that's not God. It was just on the money. And it was encouragement. It wasn't correction. Some people go, I don't want to prophesy. They're going to correct me and tell me I'm a 
an idiot or something, but that's, it was just these encouraging words that help build up, that you can grab a hold of, that God in his loving nature gives to different people so that they can bring a word of encouragement that you might need to get through a period of time. I love this in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14.3. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. When a prophetic word comes, and here's how you know if it's not a godly prophetic word, if it is a critical word, if it is a word that is a correction, that's not what we see here. It's for edification. It's for exhortation. It's for comfort. And it says in 1 Corinthians 14, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Be eager to prophesy. But he goes on, he says this, but everything should be done in an orderly way. What does that mean? In the church, in the first century church, people were standing up and just giving these words. And it was, it was out of order. If, if you notice, every so often, um, uh, Heather has a word that God gives her. And she comes up and she doesn't just bum rush the stage. You haven't done that yet, have you? No. And just, give me the mic. I've got something from God. No, you know what she does? She comes up and says, I feel like God's speaking something. And there's been times I said, it's not the right time. And she's like, very gracious. So you go, okay. And there's times where I'm like, the, the congregation needs to hear this. Why? Because it's edification. Why? Because it encourages. Why? Because it might just reaffirm what God is, is speaking. But therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Look, everyone in this room can, can get a prophetic word. Whoa, what are you talking about? All of us on some level, if you are in a relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about someone else. You may not have identified it. You may not have seen it. You may not have thought of it as that, that. But if the Holy Spirit is in you, the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you is the same Spirit that speaks to you about others, about your children, about your wife, about what you're doing. Tongues. Now we're going crazy. It's a message from God in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. Now there's manifestation of tongues and there's a prayer language. And I'm, I'm not going to go deep into this because I'm actually going to talk a little more about tongues um, as a prayer language. I think it's next week or the following. Probably, I think it's next week actually. But the manifestation of tongues is what we see in Acts 2 where the, the Holy Spirit falls, and there's this manifestation of tongues, and they're speaking in other languages. And, and, and people all around are getting saved because they're hearing their native language. Then there's this prayer language that the Bible talks about. That is your own prayer language. I, I, I went to a charismatic church growing up in, in junior high, high school, and, and I didn't pray in tongues at all. You know, I had people lay hands on me and go, oh, you know, and do all the things that they do and stuff, whatever. Nothing happened. I'm sitting in the basement of my, or my uh, apartment in college, and uh, for whatever reason, that week I was praying. That was funny. Kind of funny. <laughs> but that week I was praying. I'm on my knees at a waterbed, so I was sloshing. I'm on my knees. That's so 80s. So 80s. I'm old. Waterbeds are cool. Back then, yeah. I'm on my knees and praying, and, and, and out of nowhere, God just goes, boom. I start praying in the, in the Spirit, and I was a little freaked out, but it, it was this peace that also came with it. Uh, I want to talk about that a little more in depth next, next week. But there's the manifestation 
of tongues, Acts 2, there's a prayer language that we always, tongues, this message from God, okay? But look what it says in 1 Corinthians 14. And do not forbid speaking in tongues. So how do we throw that out of the Bible? What, what, uh, you know what, I don't like that one. I feel real uncomfortable when Chris is up here praying in tongues. She doesn't. Why? Orderly way. If someone came in here and started speaking in tongues in service, I would grab them and I'd go, is there someone to interpret? Because we're in this place. Because the Bible says this. If you I can't go into all of it in 14, it says, look, it's this orderly way. Because if an unbeliever comes in and sees the chaos, they go, who is this God? But when someone stands up and interprets, interpretation of tongues, it is powerful. Interpretation of tongues, the gift, understanding, expressing, uh, expressing the thoughts or the intent of the message in tongues. Now, uh, interpretation, translation. When you read that, we've heard a lot about this in, in, with Trump and, and Ukraine lately, because the transcripts is a translation. They want word by word. They don't want to miss one period, one exclamation point. They want to know exactly what he did or didn't do. They want the translation of it. The interpretation, because I don't know if you've heard, if you've ever heard anybody give an interpretation of tongues, I've, I've been in and, and, and someone has, has given and spoken in tongues, and the interpretation seemed a lot longer than the tongue that was spoken. I'm going, how can that be, and how could that be matched up? Or vice versa, where there's this long tongues that someone has prayed, and then someone has given an interpretation that's really small, and I go, well, that doesn't match up. That can't be God. And then I started looking, the interpretation is different than trans, translation. Understanding and expressing the thoughts or intent of the message in tongues. That's what it says in the Bible. Have I lost anybody yet? A few of you, okay. Look, I know this is, is a lot and overwhelming. But I, there's peace and order when the Holy Spirit moves. There's peace and order. I, I've seen tongues in church completely out of order, and it's like, ah. And I've seen people stand up and give interpretations, and it is powerful. Powerful. Now, 1 Corinthians 14 again, verse 5, it says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. Just stop right there. Paul, again, what do we say? This isn't Paul speaking. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul. I wish you all spoke in tongues. Everyone. But even more that you prophesied. Whoa. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. Unless... Indeed, he interprets that the church may receive ed edification. What's he saying there? If someone's just, just speaking in tongues and there's no one to interpret, it doesn't edify the church. If a prophetic word comes forth, it's to edify the church. Order. God brings order in the declarative gifts. Let's finish up with the dynamic gifts. How's everybody doing? You all right? Good? How many people have I offended? Anybody? Okay. Good. Okay, at least one, because if I hadn't offended somebody, then I'm not preaching right. <laughs> Faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Dunamos. That's the Greek word. You shall receive power. Dunamos. 
And, and, and this is literally what it means. Power for performing miracles. Moral power and excellence of the soul. Does anybody need moral power and excellence of the soul? Dunamos. The power of influence. Does anybody need the power of the Holy Spirit to bring influence to your workplace, to your home, to your kids, to your friends, to your family? Power consists uh, consisting in the resting upon armies and forces and hosts. Does anybody need the power of God to fall on this place, the church? Absolutely. The, the, the word dunamos is where we get what? What word? Dynamite. It's this exploding, it's this boom, this power that goes forth. The dynamic gifts. Faith, a supernatural impartation of belief. And confidence for a special situation. Anybody need that? I, if you can walk in this if you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. My wife, who is one of the most faithful people I know, who reads her Bible every day, which would indicate that I don't. I try. She reads her Bible every day. She is up in the morning. She is... She is and, but there's this faith that comes from her. When I'm going ready to crumble and, and ready like a, a little kid, you know, in all these things, there's this faith where, that she speaks. When my kids are in this, this craziness, there's this faith that she just speaks and speaks these words and says, no, we're not going to believe this. We're going to believe this. We're going to walk in this. We're going to walk in this faith. It's this faith that she believes and walks in. Who doesn't need this faith, this dynamic gift of faith spoken into your families, into your jobs, into your worlds? And Jesus says this, it's access through the Holy Spirit. God says this, it's access through my spirit that lives in you. Gifts of healing. Supernatural endowment of divine health. We know the, the stories that Jesus throughout scriptures there's this aspect of, of when we, we look at healings. Is, has anybody ever experienced or seen someone healed? Oh. I, it, healing's an interesting one because I, 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 I always have that, you know, that, that voice, that's ah, all a big scam. It ain't going to happen. It's, you, you know that one? Does anybody, is that, am I the only idiot? <laughs> so one of my, my really good friends, we were at church in Austin, and, and uh, Brother Harry Gomes from India, um, who had a, a healing gift, was coming in, we're doing a night of healing. So I, I had fake, or my hips were going, as before I had my fake hips, and I'm like, yeah, maybe I should give that a shot, you know. Just so much skepti skepticism and just doubt and all these things. Well, my buddy, he's like, I'm going, and I'm going to get healed. I'm like, yeah, 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 you're going to get healed, and, and all this, okay, yeah, let's do it together, you know, all this stuff. Well, he ends up, I find out later, he's fasting and believing it. He takes a whole day, and he's fasting before this, and he's excited, and he's in the front row raising his hands and singing, and I'm just like, yeah, my hands in the bottom. I need my hips healed, you know, all this stuff, and and and. I go up for a half-hearted healing thing, and, and let me let me clarify. I, I don't. God could have still healed me. I just whatever. I didn't. But but I'm telling you, my buddy, healed. He had asthma. Gone. Gone. He was a hockey player. So much so he goes to camp the next year, and we get on the VO2 test. So we have these tests with VO2, where they hook you up and you do all this blah blah blah. But the trainer's like, asked my buddy, he's like, where's your where's your inhaler? 
because he had an inhaler on the bench, and when he'd do his tests, they'd say, you have to have your inhaler. And he's like, where's your inhaler? And he's like, I don't need it anymore. And the guy's like, no, 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 this isn't a Christian. This is a trainer for a professional hockey team. And he's like, no, where's your inhaler? And he's like, I don't need it anymore. And the guy made him get his inhaler because he was freaked out because he thought he would, he would die and go into his whatever you do when you have that. <laughs> Asthma attack, that's what you do. She gets on there and he does his test, nothing. So the trainer, he goes to the first game and, and, and he's like, where's your inhaler? And he's like, I don't need it. The trainer grabs it from the locker room and has it on the bench and he comes off his first few shifts and he's just like, the trainer's like, I don't know what to say. God is a healing God. Now let me give you a little qualifier with healing. Healing is only for a period of time because we all die. You're all dying. You could get healed tomorrow. You're still going to die. The greater healing is something that happens inside of you. Restoration unto God. Works, working of miracles, divine intervention that alters the natural circumstance. How, how many believe that they've experienced a miracle? How many people? I am, I'm convinced that all of us have on some level. You, you, we just, because here's the deal. There's no way God stopped doing miracles. There is no way, in my, there, because he's a miraculous God. Everything I see from Genesis to Revelation in this Bible is miracle after miracle after miracle. Then all of a sudden God says, oh, no more miracles because I'm not going to do it anymore. Yet each day I see a miracle. He did miracles all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, and then all of a sudden he's not going to do them anymore. Come on. I, I, I can't buy it. I did for a while, but I can't buy it. Tell you what, go have kids. Many of you have. That's miraculous what took place. You think that's just randomness? You think it's just, oh, ho-hum, what happened? Look, push that thing through yourself and come talk to me about not being a miracle. Chris, five times, thank you very much. I, the, the, just miracle after miracle. The fact that some of you are still here is a miracle of God. And you want to go, ah, just, I'm still here. The fact that, 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 that I make it each day is a miracle from God. I refuse to believe that God isn't doing miracles today. God, everything that he does is miraculous from Genesis to Revelation. If, if, if God wants a Diet Coke, he just goes, Diet Coke. There it is. That's what it did in Genesis. Let there be light. It's just, just, just he's, he's a miraculous God. And I refuse to believe that he's done. I refuse to believe that he's done. And the greatest miracle of all is John 9. The one thing I know is I was blind, but now I see. Personal relationship with God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I was blind, but now I see. See, but the beauty of this miracle that happens when we come into a relationship with Jesus is God goes, it doesn't stop here. Because Jesus says, I'm going and it's good and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And there's this Holy Spirit that lives in you that does miraculous things. Access. Pray. 
ask, seek. Everyone in here can walk in the miraculous. Just got to take the Holy Spirit off the shelf. Take him out of the box. Walk with him each day. Be filled with the Holy Spirit each day. That filling, that filling of the Holy Spirit each and every day. So that others might know Jesus. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.